This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I'll give you some biblical truths this morning. I think we're really going to help us here on Christmas. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand up really high? Raise your hand up real high today, okay? And we'll get you a Bible. Then go with me to the book of uh, John chapter 18. John 18. And once we go to John 18, we'll go back to Genesis 1. And we're going to take you through the Bible a little bit here and give you some, uh, like I said, biblical truths pertaining to Christmas. Again, I welcome all of you. So we begin John chapter 18, verse 37. Pilate therefore said to him or said to Jesus, are you a king then? And Jesus answered and said, you say rightly that I am a king. Now, when Jesus says this in the book of Revelations chapter 19, it goes on to say that he's not only a king, but he is the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. So Jesus is telling him, you said rightly, I'm a king. Now, pay close attention to Jesus's words for this cause. For this cause I was born. Now Jesus was born because of there was a cause. And he goes on to say, For this cause I have come into the world, that I shall bear witness to the truth, and everyone who see, or everyone who is of the truth he hears my voice. So when you read here that he was born because he had a cause, Jesus knew precisely what that cause was. And he willingly said, I'll, I'll come and do the world. And so when we look at this right here, the word Savior, it literally means one who delivers from trouble, who delivers from sin, and who delivers for, from judgment. Now, I don't know about you, but that defines me right there, every one of those. And so the cause Jesus came from, he knew we all had to have a Savior. Every one of us. And so when we talk about this thing called life, Life can de deliver some cruel blows to every one of us. Sometimes we experience failure. Sometimes we experience loss. But those are things that happen to you. They don't have to be the things that identify you. So because when I receive Jesus as Lord of my life and he comes into my heart, my whole identity changes. I, I live with a, a different purpose now. I live with a different cause now, turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. So where we go on this is salvation is for restoration. The word restoration means to give back, to return, to renew. It also means that our, our God, Yahweh, is the God of restoration. So we're going to stand on that today. And so again, my desire is to give you some biblical truths. And I'm going to highlight something immediately here. We've got to stay with the Bible, okay? We've got to stay with the truth. And it's one of the things for 2020, the Lord has really, really put on my heart. Dig your feet in with the truth. You've got to give the, the, the people of God the truth of the Word of God. We begin Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, notice it doesn't say in once upon a time. It said in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The word created there means he formed. He, he fashioned. It literally means to bring into existence. 
Now, the reason I want to highlight that is this is one of the most challenging concepts confronting the modern mind. And when I look at this, this verse right here, the reason it confronts is because we have different theories. There's ones who talk about Darwinism, uh, ones who talk about evolution, the Big Bang Theory. I believe in the Big Bang. God spoke and bang, it happened. But what begins to happen is when mankind starts putting their opinion into how creation took forth. God created it, okay? And anytime I listen to men, men are going to goof stuff up. Can you really believe that mankind, even though as brilliant as God created our minds, that he would give us the mind where we could tell people, this is how creation took place. You evolved from a monkey. Brilliant. I didn't evolve from a monkey. God, he created us. And according to Psalms 139, he wonderfully and fearfully and skillfully created every one of us. And God didn't need to create the universe. God chose to create the universe. And one of the reasons God chose to create the universe is because God is love. And love is always expressed to someone else. And so God said, I, I love the world so much. And so God created the universe because of love. His love was pointed toward you and toward me. So I wish I had time to go right on through Genesis 1. But what begins to take place, it would say, and God created. And he would say, he created this. And God created this. And God created this. And God created this. And every time after he said he created, and God said, and it was good. It was good. The divine approval of his creation. God's accomplishment, also his quality. Now look with me in the same chapter, but verse 26. Then God said, not man, but God said, let us make man in our own image or in our own likeness. According to our likeness, let them, let man, let human beings have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over the creeping things that creeps on the earth. Now, I read that to highlight this, and it shows you that mankind or human being was God's prized possession. That every one of us in this room have worth and value. And if you'll note here, the only creation that God gave dominion was to mankind. And God's desire was to have a relationship with every one of us. Now, for time's sake, let me paraphrase a little bit. It says that when God created us after that, it said, and God blessed them. God pronounced a blessing on me and you. Verse 31, same chapter. Then God saw everything that he made. Indeed, it was very good. Not just good, it was very good. It was excellent in every way. Until, until a universal catastrophe took place. And it involved mankind, and it, it was the will of man, the choice of man to sin. And because of that, this world that we live in experienced the thing called a, a fall. And the original order right here of man's environment on the earth, it must dis be distinguished right now 
from what it became following the impact of, of man's fall. Again, what you see in our world right now, this wasn't how God intended it to be. And so looking at this, our present world does not reflect God's kingdom order that he originally intended for man's enjoyment here on the earth. And be very, very careful not to attribute things that take place in this world as, well, that's the will of God or that's an act of God. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God didn't. God came to give life and that more abundantly. So I read this here in Genesis 1, and, and I read this to say, God didn't give up on creation. When mankind fell and everything went back or went bad, you know what God said? I got a plan. I, I got to do something. I, I can't let human beings, my creation, I can't let them become eternally damned. Now, turn a couple pages to Genesis chapter 3. And what you'll begin to see is the uniqueness and the value of mankind. Every one of us in this room, God knows you. The Bible said God knows you by the very hair of your head. And if you're bald today, that doesn't mean he doesn't know you. He still knows you, okay? okay? I don't want to disappoint you in saying that, all right? God knows you. But I'm going to read here in Genesis 3, verses 14 and 15. And I want to highlight this because this was known as the very first messianic prophecy that God ever made. Now listen to what Father God said here, verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, the devil... Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity or conflict between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And it's very important right there what he just said. Between your seed, he was talking to the devil, and her seed, which was the woman or Mary. And so when he said, between your seed, it takes us to the book of John, chapter 8, in verse 44. And John 8, 44 says this, the devil, you're a murderer. There is no truth in you. You've always been a liar, and you'll always be a liar. That was the, the words that God spoke against the devil. But then he said, and her seed. And if we were to look at what he's talking about in her seed, and for your personal reading, you can go to Luke 1, and what it's talking about there, that through her seed, it would be the birth of a son named Jesus, the Son of God. So we go here early, early on in the Bible in Genesis 3, and you begin to see a messianic, a messianic prophecy that says, God had a plan. God had a plan. God didn't give up on us. He didn't punt on us. And he ends this and he says, he, speaking of Jesus, and that's what I want to show you here, everything pointed to Jesus, he shall bruise or strike your head and you shall bruise or strike his heel. And so what this is talking about is God ultimately winning through this son that would come into this earth. 
Now, if we had time, we would begin to go through all this. And you would hear the words that Moses would speak about pertaining to the Messiah. Then we would go into the prophets from Obadiah to Zephaniah to Isaiah to Jeremiah to all those ayahs to Hezekiah. And every one of them point to the birth of this son. And the reason I highlight this, this is why Christmas is so special. Now go with me into the New Testament to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Now, I, I can say this. I never get tired of hearing the Christmas story. I, I love to hear the Christmas story. Because this reveals the, the birth, not only of our Lord and Savior Jesus, but if you think about it in this terms, none of us sitting here today had a chance. None. Without a Savior. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ, the New Living says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. The message says, or the Passion says, God's anointed one. Was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Now when you see the word betrothed, it means to abstain from sexual relationship. In the form of betrothal, it involved literally a formal binding contract. So literally what's talking about here, they were engaged. So she was engaged to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now in the natural, this doesn't look good, okay? Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're engaged to be married, but she's pregnant. But I want you to highlight something there that was said immediately in this passage that she was pregnant or conceived from the Holy Spirit. Now just think about that just for a second. Just let this soak in. That's a God thing. That is a God thing right there. Keep reading. Then Joseph, her husband, a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. In other words, you're pregnant and I'm engaged to you. What's this all about? And so the only way they could put them away is through death or a, a binding divorce, basically, is what the two options were. Verse 20. But while he thought about these things... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. I don't know if you believe in angels. I believe in angels. Do you know in Acts 2, verse 17, it says, In these last days, God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. The young men will see visions, and the old men will dream dreams. I'm still in the vision category. Thank you. Some of you got that. The young men will see visions. Okay. No, my point in saying that is God still shows up with angels. Do you know the Bible is very clear that many of you have entertained angels and you weren't even aware of it? I, I really believe it'll be interesting when we get to heaven. How many times we encountered angels and we didn't have a clue? Some of you said, Pastor, every time I get around you, I think I'm around an angel. Why? Thank you for believing that. <laughs> he appeared to him in a dream, saying, 
Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now again, this, this is the Word of God. This is the Bible. And the Bible is a book of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. There is, there is no other truth outside the Bible. And if this hurts your feelings, so be it. But there is only one truth, and that's the Bible. And everything outside the Bible is error, okay? I believe that with all my heart. And so right here, this is the scripture. And so you got to dive in here that as this angel told him, she conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was going to have to believe that by faith. Keep reading, verse number 21. And she will bring forth a son, and she shall call his name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. In the Hebrew, the word Jesus right here, it means salvation. It means restoration. It also means deliverance. So Jesus right here, he was the fulfillment of God's ultimate plan. And so she, he said, you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now I'm going to help you again. This is Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can get us out of the sin problem. And I want to highlight something. You know, there's a lot of people who think there's a lot of different ways to God. I hear people say, well, we all serve the same God. You know what? You have a right to believe that, but I'm just going to tell you right now, you're an heir, Okay. When I trust the Bible that it's the ultimate, and again, I'm going to dig my heels in with this. I believe this is the word of God right here. And he's given us insight here, and he said he will save his people from sin. Verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 7. And this is what he said. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now we go way, way, way back into the prophets, into Isaiah. Literally hundreds of years before the prophet Isaiah prophesied this. And so now it's beginning to take shape. Verse 24. And Joseph being aroused from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him his wife. And when I see this word in that verse, it really stuck out to me. And he did. And he did. You know what that tells us? He obeyed the command. And to obey the command, he had to step out by faith. And so he stood out by faith and he said that the, he took the uh, he command and he took to him his wife. And he did not know her till she had brought forth Jesus' firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. He obeyed everything that the angel had told him. And even though this may not have made complete sense in his mind, I believe it made sense in his heart. He knew this was from God. And he said, I'll name him Jesus because what's, that's what the angel told me. And remember about the name of Jesus according to Philippians 2 starting in verse 9. The name Jesus is the name above every name in heaven, earth, and hell. And so you begin to see 
the Christmas story, it's all about Jesus. Every bit of it is about the coming Messiah. And so this is the reason we celebrate. And that's why I said it never grows old to me. Now turn with me to the back of the Bible to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I believe the word of God is the truth that sets people free in any category. And so this ought to be our our great goal this year is to say, Father God, grace me to live by your word, the uncompromised word of God. I heard a statistic last night that really bothered me. It said that 41% of all millennials have already left the church. I, I hate to hear those things. But one of the reasons they highlighted they've left the church is because they're being bombarded with so many thoughts and opinions that don't line up with the Word of God. And you young ones, if you don't hear anything today, elbow them. They're asleep by you, elbow them. Wake them up. Stay with the Word of God, okay? Stay with the Word of God. There's people in this room that are older than me and have served God a lot longer than me. And they will, right, right now, how many of you in this room that have served God over 40 years of your life can say, stay with the Word? Look at the hands going up. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. Only the truth will set you free, okay? It's important that we hear this. So again, that's my prayer. I said, you know, as God, as God said, I, I won't give up on creation. That's why he sent his son. Man, church, we can't give up on generations. We got to continue to pray for them and tell them the truth. 1 John 5. Now watch this. This is going to really help us. Verse 11. And this is the testimony or the evidence or the witness that God has given us eternal life. And when you see the word eternal life here, it signifies not only endless life, but a quality of life. Let me help you with that. John 10, 10. I came to give you life and that more abundantly. How many of you in here can say, since I got born again, my life is so much better I'll get on my back and I'll raise both my hands and both my paws if I have to. You know why? Without Jesus in my life, I, I could see the path I was going on. How many in here realize you would ultimately be dead or you'd probably be in prison? I realized that was the course I was on. And so I, I thank God for the life I get to live. I love the life I live. You think Peter Pan had great adventures? It doesn't compare to being a Christian. I love this life. Get to pray in the name of Jesus. Now watch what he goes on to say. That God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Now I want you to highlight that, okay? He didn't say option A is his son, option B. No, there was no other option. Eternal life is in his son. So again, we go back to John 18, 37, and remember Jesus said, for this cause is why I came. This is the cause. He goes on to say, he who has the son has life. The original Greek says he has the life. But he goes on and says something else. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life. So there's two options. You have the life or you don't have the life. Verse 13. 
These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Now pay close attention because he's going to give us incredible insight on salvation. And if you don't know Jesus as Lord, you really need to listen to this. The rest of us, let this verse anchor us, okay? Let this get on the inside. And he says again, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. That you may know that you don't have to doubt, you don't have to worry, that you may know. How many of you here want to know? I got eternal life. If I was to ask you, do you have eternal life? And you said, I don't know, then you need to get born again. I'm, I'm looking for somebody. Jason, you're still in here, aren't you? Raise your hands up real high, Jason. This is Jason Wadsworth. His, his mother was dear, dear, dear to me and to our church. And she went home to be with Jesus. And we did her funeral on Friday. And I, I, I keep telling him, your mama's in heaven. Your mama's in heaven. She's in heaven. You know why? She knew. She knew her eternal destination. And I told him the other day, I said, your mama, I believe, began to get a glimpse of heaven and said, shoot, I'm checking out of here. Apostle Paul said in Philippians 1, to die is the gain, to depart and be with Christ is just a little bit better. No, that's not what it says. It says, it's far better. And I believe his mama got a glimpse to heaven and said, hostile is on you, I'm out of here. That you may know, that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That you may continue to believe. Now, I'm hitting some of you here because oftentimes we get born again and before long when we don't hang out with the things of God, we start losing that, that I continue to believe in God. I start losing my grips of faith. I quit fellowshipping with him like I, I, I desire. I've been born again for 40 years now. And I hadn't always been perfect. I'm far from perfect. But I've never quit continuing to believe in the name. And let me, let me tell you this. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out this statement. Do you think I would continue to believe in the name of Jesus if it wasn't real? And so there's some of you today, you need to get this anchored in you where you say, man, not only I believe in the name of Jesus, I'm going to continue in the name of Jesus. I'm going to stand in the name of Jesus. Now saying that, Go with me to the book of, of John chapter 1. John chapter 1. So we see this. This is God's great restoration project. And you were part of it and so was I. So was I. So when we talk about faith, faith is the audacity to, to believe our God restores. And he did it through Jesus. And, and salvation is the miracle of receiving life. And salvation isn't something you do. Salvation is something that Jesus does when you receive him. He comes on the inside of you and he takes a mess and he makes a miracle. And he's still in that business. So we go to the book of John chapter 1. And this is what I'm going to end with. We're going to be here just a little while today. But John the Baptist comes on scene here on the earth. And people start asking him, 
are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? And you know what he says? He says, I'm not even worthy to buckle his sandals. I'm not even worthy. So we pick up in John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the authority to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. So in order to get born again, you must receive Jesus and you must believe in his name in the name of Jesus. Now think about this in this area of you must receive him. Every one of us probably in these next few days, we're going to receive something gift unless you've been really naughty this year. And so I have this gift and I get ready to give it to Felix. And I said, hey, I, I want to give you this gift. And he goes, oh, no, I can't take that. Why not? I, I'm not worthy to take that. I'm not good enough to take that. I want to highlight something here. Because if this took place at your house on Christmas. And, and Rick gives me a gift. And I say, oh, no, 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 I can't take it. You would look at him like, you've been eating too many Fruit Loops, dude. I'm not giving you a gift because you deserve it. or you. I'm giving you a gift because I love you. And so that's the same as salvation. God loves us. And he said, so just receive it. But I, I've been a bad boy. Well, welcome to the NFL. Who hadn't? Again, salvation wasn't for perfect people. The only perfect person was Jesus, and he died because of that. And so, again, i got to come to a place where I welcome it and I receive it. And if you'll notice, the salvation there is you receive Jesus as Lord. And the way you do that, you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. Jesus, come in. I welcome you. So later on in this, this passage, Jesus comes strolling up and John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's the cause. There's the cause. Jesus was the cause. He said, I'll take your sin. How many of you in here have sinned? Every one of us. The Bible says in Romans 6, every one of you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we had no chance outside of Jesus. Same chapter. I'm going somewhere with this. Verse 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, seeing them, he following them, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, which translated teacher or master teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. Come and see. He didn't say, Go get your stuff together and then come back and say to him. He didn't say, go and quit sinning. And then go. He just said, come and see. In other words, that's how Jesus welcomes all of us. And they came and saw where we were staying, and he remained with them that day. Now, it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon. He said to him, we have found the Messiah which is translated the Christ, the deliverer, the Savior, the one who reconciles us back to God. John the Baptist says, 
He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Now you get into two more. Andrew and Peter. He's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Keep reading with me. Same chapter, verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and he said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethesda. And Bethesda was on the Sea of Galilee. You know what the word Bethesda meant? The word Bethesda meant the place of fishing. Now, I don't know how many in here like to fish. I know there's quite a few of you. But I'm going to help you with this a little bit. If you really want to get spiritual, the next time you really want to go fishing, you just tell your wife, I got to go to Bethesda. I got to pray. I got, I got to hang out at Bethesda. The place of I'm being ornery, okay? Some of you aren't getting it. I'm trying to help you. When you want to go fishing, just say, I'm going to Bethesda. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote. Now, it's interesting to me. They knew what Moses had talked about. Moses had prophesied of a coming Messiah. And then he said, not only Moses, but we found the ones that the prophets, the very ones that come out of our lineage, they wrote and they spoke about. And then he goes ahead and he clarifies this and look what he said. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said, or he sneered to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Because Nazareth was viewed as somewhat backward folk. Kind of like people from Arkansas. <laughs> Do you know Arkansas is the only state that DNA doesn't work? I'm just kidding again. I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> Some of you are writing notes down in your tent. I didn't, okay, scratch that. Keep, keep reading. <laughs> You got me off here. Where am I at? And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree. I saw you. Now this gets this, gets this guy named Nathanael's attention. Jesus is reading his mail. And Jesus said, there's an Israelite I find no deceit. And he said, how'd you know me? And, and, and I speculate on this, but I believe Jesus knew there was something very personal about him. And he spoke it to him. And this guy's freaking out like, how'd you know that? How'd you know that? And look what Jesus replies then. Before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree and I saw you. And Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi... You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, why do I highlight this chapter like that? Well, you have John the Baptist. You have Andrew and Peter. You have Philip and you have Nathaniel. If you were to do a study on every one of these guys' lives, not only did they believe in Jesus right here, what you're seeing... But they continued believing in Jesus. 
They continued to believe in him as long as he was on the earth. And then when he died and went to heaven, they continued to believe in him. They continued to believe in him that every one of these died as some form of a martyr. That many of you may not know this, but John the Baptist was, was beheaded. Now, my point in this is, do you think these guys would continue to believe and continue to teach and live for Jesus if it wasn't real? I highlight Jesus' words. Come and see. Come and see. And so the greatest gift that we can give is Jesus, but the greatest gift we can also take or receive is Jesus. Why don't you stand up here with me today? I'm going to give a couple altar calls here this morning. Not for my good, but just to expand heaven here today. You know, I ask every head to be bowed and eye closed right now. And I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions just to identify. You know, if you were to leave this earth today, do you know where you would spend eternity at? And see, again, he said there in 1 John 5, you can know. You can know. Well, that comes in, in my heart. And it resides in my heart. And so if you don't know that, and you have a desire today to, to know that, I'm going to ask you to just get out of your seat and walk down here. And it's kind of like Christmas morning. Jesus is saying, just, just come and receive me. Just come and receive me. Just come as you are and receive me. If that's you, we're not here to embarrass you. This would be a Christmas season you would never forget. The second area I want to give you an opportunity to respond to. Have you continued to believe or have you gotten off track? Have you gotten into this ditch in life or this ditch in life? And I can tell you this right now through the scriptures. The Lord Jesus is saying, come and see. Come on back home. Just as he did to the prodigal son. Come on back home. And if that's you today, we welcome you to come. But even more so right now. I don't believe we ever want to get to a place with our relationship with Jesus where we're satisfied. My, my prayer in my own life for the rest of this year into 2020 is, Lord, draw me closer. Pull me deeper than I've ever been before. I, I want to know you in such an intimate way. I, I want to know your voice. I want to know what you love. I want to know what you don't like. I want to know your heart in such a way. I want to know your joy. I want to know your peace. I want to know your love. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.